everybody. Welcome to Alternative Interests. My name is Kat. And my name is Crystal. And, and welcome back. Well, yes, welcome. Welcome to, for the first time if you're new. Yes. Oh, do we have do we have new people? <laughs> like like I'm we can sure see, we do. Like we can see them. Like, oh, do we have are there new people in the room? Hello. <laughs> no, I mean, we got some downloads from India and Mexico for the first time, so we've got someone new. From Mexico? Yeah. Oh we have one. wow. Maybe it's my it's probably my grandma or my aunt. <laughs> <laughs> and we have like, I can't tell if it's one person or two people in India. Oh, nice. Well, welcome, India and Mexico. Welcome. Tell your friends. Like last week when you got all those notifications of all those likes and it was just my yeah. husband. <laughs> I think it ended up being like 40. <laughs> At least he's supportive. <laughs> yes. Or, and, and actually, it, yeah. Um, speaking of downloads, yes. Um, before we start today's case, I really actually only have one really quick order of business. Okay. And that is just to announce that we reached 5,000 downloads. Yay. Yes. And uh, to celebrate 5,000 downloads, Kat and I are actually doing a giveaway. Yes. You're saying, <laughs> your tone is like, this is the first time I'm hearing this. I'm trying to be like, wow, we. <laughs> I swear we discussed this off air, you guys. I have no idea what she's talking about. Yes, yeah, a giveaway. I'm excited. Yes. Tell them what they've won. Not Tell yet. Well, so we are going to be giving away two $25 gift cards to either Grubhub or DoorDash. Mm -hmm. You lucky folks, the two winners get to choose what you which one. Mm -hmm. Um, But for all of the details, check out our Instagram post and uh, we will be choosing winners next week. So that's fine. You guys have one week. Um Actually, a week and a day because we're going to pull winners on Thursday of next week. So we'll give you a reminder next episode. And then that gives you another 24 hours just to make sure you get your entry in. Exactly. Tell them what they have to do because I forgot. They can look at the Instagram (laughs) post. Oh, that's right. (laughs) They can read the directions. (laughs) (laughs) This is a reading comprehension quiz. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. that's uh, that's all we really got. So, all right, awesome. That's exciting news. Yay! Well, I am excited for whoever the potential two winners are. Yeah. So that is exciting. All right. Well, I am bringing you a crazy pants story today. No okay. crazy. So buckle up because uh, you know when I was. Uh, researching this case first, I was thinking of, you know, when you're dating somebody or when you're with somebody and, you know, the crazy things that sometimes you do or whatever. And this, if you've ever felt like you've done something like a little out of control crazy, like after you listen to this case, you'll be like, everything I've done is normal. Like, I remember being a junior in high school and being in love with this guy who was, I think he had graduated already from um, from high school, but I knew where he lived. <laughs> and I would, like, drive by his house all the time. 
<laughs> like he had no idea who I was. And actually I ended up using <laughs> his name as like my, uh, my, my pin number for my bank account. <laughs> That's so funny. But see, so like thinking of those things now, I'm like, that You're is a little stuck. Yeah. I was like, that's a little crazy. But then I heard about this case and I'm like, nope, that was completely rational and normal. So okay. here we go. So I am going to tell you a beautiful love story. And it starts off. (laughs) I'm sorry. With that intro you just gave, I'm going to call you a liar right now. (laughs) You know, it's still a beautiful love story, Crystal. Okay. (laughs) So on January 2000, on, nope, dump, bloop, boop, boop. In January of 2016, Angela Connell met this guy named Ian on a dating website. And they had so much in common. They talked to each other a lot on the dating website. They went out on the date. And by the end of February, those two were already like living together and married. So they met in January on this. Yeah. On the dating website. And then they were married by February and living together. And then by May, Angela, who is now Mrs. Diaz, she announced that she was pregnant. You know what? I don't think they're crazy. I just think they're in love. I call bullshit, but okay. You know what? Love is love, Crystal. Love is love. So I want to tell you a little bit about about this, because this was really a whirlwind romance. And you know what? They actually seem to really love each other. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about Ian, though, before we move on. So Ian was a deputy for the U.S. Marshal Service. And he had, like, days before he met Angela, he had just come out of a very serious relationship with another woman. They even had purchased a condo together and had plans to marry. So he was already basically engaged to this other woman. They li- they had bought a condo together. They were going to get married. Yeah. But then apparently Ian and his ex just, it just went wrong and it did not end on good terms at all. As a matter of fact, he had to file a protective order against her like right after they broke up. And he said it was because she was sending them threatening and harassing emails, as well as accusing him of doing just horrible things during their relationship. And so after they broke up, he uh, had a protective order taken out on her. So let me ask. Yes. um, Did he leave her then? Uh, She left because the condo they purchased together, the condo they purchased together, he, uh, she moved out of. So I, I think she left, he stayed in the condo and then. Right, right, but. You'll find out. You'll find out. I guess I'm just wondering, like, if he was the one that initiated the breakup, I would understand her sending messages to him. Uh Uh-huh. 
but if she's the, I guess I could see it either way. Never mind, we'll get. There. I think I think the her the messaging and all of that. I think that went both ways, um, but I think in this case she was she was you know there was a lot of blood, but blood there was a lot of bad blood in there. So as soon as Angela and Ian got together, Angela began complaining of being harassed and stalked herself by, you guessed it, Ian's ex. Not surprising. Exactly. Ian's ex, her name is Michelle Hadley. Okay. So to understand all this, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Michelle's relationship with Ian. So Michelle and Ian had dated for two years. In 2013, they met at a Starbucks and they began dating because Ian saw her and told her how beautiful he thought she was. Um, He asked her out on a date, like right there in Starbucks. They went out on a date. She was 26 years old. She was a beautiful brunette, and he was a 35-year-old U.S. Marshal. He was very tall, just uh, a good-looking guy by all accounts. Um, He told her he loved her on their second date. So, I mean... He moves fast. Yeah, Ian is one of those guys that uh, wants what he... Wants what he likes, right? Um, The relationship seemed to be going well. And the couple was actually planning to get married in February of 2016. So, again, they met in 2013. Things were going fine. They had plans to get married in February of 2016. Obviously, that didn't happen. Well, he married Angela instead. Do you think he just, like... Maybe just wanted a wife? uh, Well... He's ready to just wife it down. It's just, well, what if, I mean, this is really shitty. Yeah. And he's an asshole if he did this. But like, you're planning a wedding and you have to put deposits down on venues and uh, like flowers and caterers. What if he, like, they broke up in January and he's like, well, shit, I need some. I've got all this money I'm going to lose. And he found Angela. He's like, you'll do. Maybe. I mean, that's kind of a smart move on his part. I guess Michelle didn't want to. I guess Angela's the next best thing. Wouldn't you be so angry if you found out that, like, you got married on a certain date? Because, like, I'd be angry. Uh, I'd be like, so I'm just, I'm just a, a, like, I'm a backup? No, I'm actually pretty frugal, Crystal. I'd be excited that, oh, good, the the deposits are already taken care of. I'm down. (laughs) Um, So right before they broke up, they also bought a $468,000 condo together. Obviously, that didn't pan out. Hadley moved out of their new condo shortly before Ian met Angela. And uh, not even a full month after she moved was when she was served the protective order from Ian. So things with Michelle and Ian were, I think, worse than anybody else knew, right? Because there's a lot of gaps in there that I'm going to fill for you. So hold on. As soon as Angela got together with Ian, the harassment started almost immediately. On June 6th, as a matter of fact, Angela had to apply for her own restraining order against Michelle for harassment. So Ian already had a protective order, and now Angela piled on with her uh, protective order. And I mean, uh, 
arguably Angela has more to be afraid for because she was pregnant at that time, right? Yeah, exactly. And I and some of those threats, I think, were associated with that, with threatening the baby as well, or that's what um, Angela told the police. So Michelle Hadley was accused of violating that restraining order when Angela told police that uh, Michelle was sending her threatening and harassing emails. And Angela claimed that Michelle was threatening to kill um, to kill her and to kill the unborn child that she was pregnant with. And she was making false accusations and claims against Ian. So Angela's like, this, this is crazy. She's sending me emails. She's threatening me. She's threatening my life. She's saying all this horrible stuff about Ian. And she's threatening my unborn child's life. Um, she also claimed that Hadley was sending these through fake email accounts and different oh, okay. computers and servers. And that's why law enforcement couldn't trace it if they tried to trace it they never tried to trace it but that but that's what she was claiming Michelle was doing she's like don't even try to trace it she's sending them through fake email accounts and computers but I know it's her and Ian's like it's her she's she's threatening me too okay and one of the court documents that has um some of the excerpts from these emails um And from the complaints from Angela, one of them read, uh, Miss Hadley has been emailing me for over one week, repeatedly threatening my life, my marriage, my safety, and slandering my husband. Miss Hadley has used over six different email addresses to contact me, despite a request to to cease communication. I am now fearful of leaving my home, have had to delete my online presence, and I am incredibly emotionally distressed. I am fearful of being raped, attacked, and killed, and I've had to completely uproot my life, including missing work at a new job, to resolve this issue. And these emails continue to escalate, is basically what she said, and that she saw that there was no sign of them stopping. So Angela was really scared of Michelle. Right, but I feel like law enforcement if this woman like that sounds like someone who is uh, terrified they're saying hey this is getting worse and worse and it's only been a week by yeah. by her account that's a lot of escalation for one week for one but then she comes and she says oh but don't even try and track them because you won't be able to like that's weird to me yeah it is a little weird but who knows she could have just been like super just scared and maybe she was uh worried that the police wouldn't believe her so she's trying to like you know like, I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I guess. But at the same time, this is also happening to a U.S. Marshal. I mean, that's really serious. True. Exactly. And so maybe that's why the police are taking her word on it. You know, well, I, you know, because he also had a protective order on Michelle as well. So there must be something wrong with Michelle Hadley. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Angela claimed that Michelle even tried to take on different identities, um, like she would use the name Jason Ray to try to communicate with Angela through LinkedIn and um, through other emails. The emails also contained um, a lot of biblical references and threats about Angela needing to watch her back and 
things like we'll steal your child and watch it die. And Angela oh, told, we? yeah. So, so maybe Michelle was working with somebody else or I don't know. I don't know what they were trying to say about the religious reference. The religious reference actually comes back later. So you'll kind of see what I mean. I was, I mean, crazy people like to use everything at their disposal to Mm -hmm. justify what they're doing. So honestly, the religious thing didn't strike me. It's the we. Yeah. The fact that she's, um, she's mentioning multiple entities now. And that's, that's either some sort of peacocking to make herself seem scarier. I think or that's what it is. It's Intimidation. A, it's a subtle threat that like, hey, I do have more people helping me. So you should be scared. Mm, I think, it, yeah, I think it's like intimidation in that respect. Um, so then, I mean, if all of these awful threats through email couldn't get any worse. There was also an incident where um, Angela had accused Michelle of replying to men on Craigslist who were looking for women to fulfill rape fantasies. And um, she would reply as if she was Angela. And then she would send these men Angela's address and daily routines and photos so the men could find Angela and follow through with these fantasies see that's terrifying and you know what's scary um I listened to the podcast strictly stalking uh-huh this with Craigslist I think Craigslist actually recently stopped allowing personal ads um, good but posting up personal ads asking for people either responding as the person or posting as the person saying hey this Uh is my fantasy this is my address i want you to break in yeah like that's surprisingly common in stalking cases and angela even told the police that michelle had um also put an ad for a rape fantasy but it was all of Angela's information again. And she even mentioned in the ad that um, she was really into forcible sexual intercourse and to just continue even if she resisted or screamed. So Angela told the police that she found out because several men would show up to her home answering these ads. And fortunately, most of them didn't succeed to what they were what they were supposed to be doing there. But then on June 24th, Angela called 911 to report that a man had actually physically attacked her before she was able to get him out of there or able to call for help. And by the time police got there, they couldn't find the man, but there was a whole scene. They took pictures. She had some like bruising. There was a little bit of evidence left on the scene, a little bit of blood on the wall. And so they got pictures of all of that. And because it had escalated to that point, that same day, police were finally able to arrest Michelle Hadley on several charges. Wow. Yeah. So she uh, she was arrested, but then she was released the next day on $100,000 bail. Um, however... The Craigslist ads didn't stop, and the police and Angela accused Hadley of continuing to threaten Angela's life right as soon as she was released from jail. 
So they were able to arrest her again on July 14th, 2016, because the harassment just wasn't stopping. So the first time she was released on bail, the harassment continued. So on July 14th, 2016, she was arrested again. This time she was facing more charges of stalking and burglary and attempting forcible rape among other charges that they had. And this time the judge was like, you're, there's something wrong with you. You're dangerous. I'm going to set the bail at $1 million. And so she spent 88 days in jail. News outlets got a hold of this story and the news media ran with it and soon it was all over the place. And a local newspaper even placed her as number nine on the list that they released of the most dangerous people in the state. So her mugshot was all over the local and national headlines and they just like dubbed her just like the craziest ex-girlfriend ever. And I'm sorry, I don't know if you mentioned, where was this? This was in Anaheim, California. Okay. So she sounds super crazy, right? Yeah. And um, she sounds like... A million dollars bail was definitely fair to keep her where she can be monitored. Exactly. So now all of this is going on. Michelle is now in jail and her father is just standing by her side. He was adamant that Michelle was not capable of any of this harassment that she was accused of. Even her own attorney that she obtained soon after the first restraining order that was served on her um, said that from the moment he met Michelle, he knew that something wasn't right and that she was being falsely accused. So the way Michelle was presenting and what she was charged with just weren't matching up. So I want to give you a little uh, background on Michelle so you can decide if it matches up. So Michelle grew up in California, but she moved to Pennsylvania to go to college. And then she married her high school sweetheart when she was 22. That was like the, her first boyfriend she had ever had. Um, they got married when, they, when she was 22, but then they divorced in 2009. Um, and in 2009, she also uh, graduated with a degree in medieval studies and a minor in art history and women's studies. Um, oh, she sounds like dorky but like yeah dorky yeah she's a history nerd exactly they're cute yeah and during her relationship when she was in a relationship with um with ian she was pursuing her master's in business and she was actually set to graduate in 2017 but all of this went down so that was stalled for a little bit after college she held jobs in business marketing as well as working for an associate program manager for disney in 2014 um, which she loved she loved her job at disney hadley had a very loving family she was very close with her father and her sister and She was just close with her whole family. And most that knew Michelle, her friends, people who worked with her, said she was always super nice, super kind, super easy to talk to. So when these charges that she was facing and when she was arrested the first time and the second time, and the second time all the charges were made public, people who were close to Michelle and knew Michelle were completely shocked 
they were like, this does not sound like the same person that we know. So what was even more shocking to them was all of these charges that Hadley was facing, Michelle Hadley was facing, was adding up to a life sentence in prison if she was accused um, of everything stacked against her. And this wow. is what she was, this is what she was being charged with. Six counts of attempted forcible rape with the Craigslist ads, stalking, stalking with a restraining order, criminal threats, three counts of secondary offense committed while released from custody. So that was after the first arrest in June. Mm -hmm. Assault with intent to commit sexual offense during commission of burglary and a misdemeanor for uh, of a protective stay away order that she was violating. So, so really quick, I yes. just want to, I mean, all of this is very serious. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say if right now, if she did this stuff, I mean, obviously she should get jail time Yeah, because she's obviously dangerous. Exactly. But I just want to point out that she's potentially facing life in prison and Casey Anthony got nothing. Exactly. I, when I was doing this case, I'm like, uh, something doesn't add up. Like how, how the, like sentences like that, when you and I talk about cases and when it results in someone being charged with a crime, for me, sentences don't add up. No, like, they don't make I, sense. I don't get how someone can kill someone and get like 15 years, yet somebody kills two people and something else happens and they get less time. I, I don't get it. Or somebody robs a store and gets like life in prison and somebody kills someone and gets 15 years. I right. I don't understand the justices justices, the justice system in that respect. Yeah, and I know that it's all an equations game of, uh -huh. uh, like, the charge with the severity yeah. plus secondary and tertiary charges all adding uh -huh. up in there. But it's it just doesn't make sense sometimes. No. And you know what else doesn't make sense? Is all of these people saying what a wonderful person Michelle is, and here she is in jail with all of these charges and people were seriously like trying those that knew her were trying to wrap their brain around it. So Michelle, right, you kind of, you kind of hear this really often that you people, do like in legitimate cases where people get caught and it's like, Oh, I never would have guessed like, yeah. So it's, it's not outside the realm of possibility. Well, and honestly, you know, you and I, research a lot of these cases and um there's always someone that says i never i never thought they were capable of something yeah. like that so you never know anyways michelle usually the mother exactly <laughs> michelle's dad uh began talking to the media because he was just very adamant that this was not his daughter and even in one of the interviews he actually is starts talking more about Michelle's relationship with Ian and um and he said they were going to get married they got this condo and then everything else fell apart and this is where it all starts so he was like listen they they were in a relationship they were going to get married they got this condo and it fell apart after that so can I ask before yeah. you start did their age difference have anything to do with it no 
Mm-mm. Okay, because they have a pretty significant age difference. They do like have a nine pretty... years. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I also want to point out too that uh, remember Michelle married her high school sweetheart, but they got a divorce, and her very second relation, serious relationship that she ever had again was with Ian. So she's only. It's not like this chick dated around. She was in a relationship, got a divorce in 2009 with her high school sweetheart. And then, um, she was with Ian. Mm -hmm. So, um, from the very beginning though, you know, it was clear that, uh, Michelle, Michelle's father just kept trying to tell the media. He claimed that she was being framed and the motive for her being framed with all of this just serious accusations was out of revenge because of the condo, this condo that they bought. Which, when you dig a little deeper, more and more of the truth was coming to light. And it became known that the relationship between Ian and Michelle was actually very rocky from the start. So it wasn't this nice little beautiful thing that people thought it was and then just ended in a horrible breakup apparently as soon as as soon as michelle and ian started dating ian became very very controlling very early on he started changing the way that he wanted her to present herself so uh michelle was kind of you know a little more conservative when she met Ian. And um, after they got together, he started making her wear crop tops. He uh, required her to get fake nails, pierce her belly button. He even made her leave her job at Disney so that um, the people he worked with could keep a closer eye on her if she wasn't like leaving work, going far away or leaving the house, going far away to go to work. So, and this, this was a job that she loved. Yeah. Throughout this whole thing, I've just got like, you guys can't see me, but I have like, I think I just gained a new wrinkle in my forehead from my (laughs) face. I just got like, Oh, just wait, Crystal. Just wait. Well, like this is like the exact (sighs) opposite. Usually when you get a controlling male partner, they want you to cover up and, Mm -hmm. and stop wearing makeup and don't do your hair. It's not usually like show show more of your body and pierce your, pierce your belly button. Yeah. Like what if she's scared of needles? Well, you know, Michelle really thought she loved him. And she said that later, she said she saw red flags there, but she just thought they were supposed to be together. So her father even told, yeah, uh uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Her father even told the newspaper that Michelle had suffered years of emotional abuse by Diaz, like Uh probably from the very beginning of their relationship. And yet she still said yes when he asked um, her to marry him in December of 2014. Okay. Now, Hadley... Even join, like towards the end of their relationship, uh, Michelle Hadley joined a support group for women in abusive relationships um, and said that she was scared of him because he was a U.S. Marshal and he had a lot of firearms. Yes. So, I mean, like he's definitely using his position of power here. Both. I mean, I 
you saying the age difference didn't really have much to do with it. I think it did. The fact that he was almost 10 years older, very well established in a very intimidating job. Yeah. Like. Well, and obviously from the start, this relationship sounds pretty toxic. And the fact that she is still there but i i really think she was like i love him and we're meant to be together just like you know you and i have talked about before uh most women who are abused you know and and you and i can sit here and wonder like why why didn't they leave why didn't they go but we're not in that position right right and when you're in it it is so different yeah it's just not i can't even imagine yeah Yeah. So at one point, even she had to have him banned from coming onto the campus where she was pursuing her master's degree in business. And um, court documents show that she filed paperwork at school. uh, And the reason that she cited was that she feared for her safety. And this was all towards the end when everything was coming to an end, their relationship. Um, Later, it also came out that Ian, after months of pressuring her to, he had this request, I guess he had this fantasy where he wanted to have her have sex with another man while he watched. That was like, yes, exactly. So wait, wait, this is all just sounding really familiar. Mm -hmm. Um, I have ideas. Yes. (laughs) Is it now? (laughs) Um, Ian pressured Michelle a lot with this fantasy. And finally, she was, she gave in again. She loved him, I guess. And so she gave in. And so on one Valentine's Day, she got drunk. He made her take NyQuil and Fireball. Most of it was just for nerves. And I think she willingly got drunk too, just so she know, so she could like, have the nerve to follow through with this. And he filmed her having sex with some random guy from none other than Craigslist. Yep. I think you, I think you know where this is going. I just, I have to know why do all the creepy fucking weirdos have to use Craigslist? I don't know. Like, cause it's, don't they have a different name for Craigslist? Like, uh, a, like a mock name? I don't know. No. Yeah, Because that's where all the crazies are, Crystal. That's where all the crazies are. Yeah. And um, when this came out, when everyone was like, what? That happened? There was definitely plenty of text and video evidence of this incident to back up Michelle's side of the story. So it did happen. In 2015, it was uh, Michelle, actually. So remember that condo that they bought in 2015 together? It was Michelle who put up almost the $15,000 down payment. Oh, but she had to leave. Exactly. Wouldn't you be mad too, right? And um, they took the mortgage out together, but she put down the, the money for the down payment. And it was after that purchase, directly after that, Michelle says that Ian became more aggressive, more paranoid, more physically intimidating to her. And you know that- why? Because she had sunk all this money into a house that she can't get herself off of the mortgage. Exactly. And, and it- he knows she has nowhere to go. 
and that's power for him. Uh-huh. And so Michelle said the relationship be if it wasn't toxic be- before, it was toxic now. And that their screaming matches with each other became an almost daily occurrence. Where even at one point she had called her sister. Her sister lives in New York, and she called her sister and and she and she called it like a crazy check. Like she would tell her sister this this and this is happening. Am I crazy like is this oh normal my God. yeah so you know that he was gaslighting her too a lot of the time and turning things around on her to where she was even she had to check in with someone else and be like okay this happened am i crazy for like right. feeling a b and c if you ever are in a relationship and you have to go to a third party and say, am I crazy? Exactly. I'm pretty sure that's when it's time to leave. For sure. For sure. So Michelle's father said that that's when she finally had it. And at the end of the summer of that year, she finally broke up with Ian and she left the condo with nothing. And when I say she left the condo with nothing, she packed up this little Jetta that she had um, with some of her belongings and she left. She didn't want anything. She just wanted to get away from him. She even, um, he requested that she give him the engagement ring back, which she did. She packed up her belongings. um, And as soon as she left them, though, she told her dad that she was scared. She was just scared something else was going to happen. I don't Um, blame her. No. I mean, he's not just any kind of law enforcement. He's a U.S. Marshal. Mm -hmm. And they operate with a certain amount of confidentiality in what they're looking for. So literally, I mean, he can go and he can request information on her. Mm -hmm. And... I feel like, and I'm probably wrong, if we have any U.S. Marshals that listen to this show, or um, I do have a friend in law enforcement that listens uh-huh. to this show, so I won't I won't name them, but you know I'm talking about you, and if you can tell me if this is right or not, I would appreciate it. But like, I feel like a U.S. Marshal can probably go and just say, hey, I need this information, and they just get it. And I also feel that just like in any job and it's law enforcement, it could be, you know, teachers at a school, there's a certain code also, I think. And so I would think that some people turn a blind eye to certain things, maybe. I don't know. So when he's taking out these restraining orders against Michelle, they're taking his word for it. Yeah. You know, so the breakup uh, started this year long email battle over the condo and their attempts to come to a financial agreement. Um, It was just very unsuccessful. These two could not have um, an email exchange with without like horrible accusations. And it wasn't just coming from Michelle. It was coming from Ian, too. So both sides Um, at one point. Uh, Hadley said that she just got really sick of everything going on and she just unleashed on him. And in one of her emails, she said, I will bring the full force of the law with the word of God against you to judge you. And remember, the emails that she supposedly sent to Angela 
had the same type of biblical or religious references. Is there much known about her upbringing? No, like- there wasn't. I, I didn't really read a lot about uh, what religious background she has, but I, I, I'm assuming she obviously believes in God and has a religion. I'm just not sure which one it is or if it was very prevalent at when she grew up, you know, okay. or while she was growing up. So, by the way, I told you before, remember, as soon as Ian and Angela are a couple, like, and I'm talking within the day, Angela files a protective order against Hadley, and they had never met before. Okay? I mean, so Ian seems to move fast with a lot of things. Well, and Ian seems to have power to move someone else's along too so personally um i might save a discussion about somebody i might have a protection order against for like date two date three exactly Um, ian moves quick so he probably told her about it like hi my name's ian i have my ex who i have a protective order against yeah would you like to go on a date Exactly. Or, hi, my name is Ian. I have a protective order against my um, ex, and she's trying to take away this condo. Hey, do you want to move into my condo? You know, and help me get rid of her. Get, you know. So I think, and Angela just seems like the type of chick where she's just like ride or die, apparently. And she's like, sure, let's do this. (laughs) Now, um, while she was being accused of this constant harassment and threats by a supposedly now pregnant and married Angela Diaz, Michelle says that the police never took a statement from her. Every time the police spoke to Michelle about harassing Angela, Michelle was trying to tell them, I am not doing any of this. Like, check my computers, check my phone, check whatever. And they were like, nope, uh uh-uh, it's okay. Like, these are... To be fair, uh every stalker in the history of the world is going to say, I'm not doing that. I'm not sending threatening texts and emails. I don't know who you're talking about. Like, (laughs) yeah. It's like stalker 101. But she was telling them, I'm not doing it. Like, check my stuff. And they didn't believe her. And it was during this whole time, too, that the Craigslist rape fantasy incident took place. And uh, so when they went to court on June 27th, that was the first time she was arrested. Um, And this was the first time Michelle had even seen Angela. Angela just walks on up to her and hands her a stack of emails um, that had looked like they had come from Michelle. Um, And so Michelle's just like, this chick is crazy. Like, I am not doing this. Um, And like I said, the police never accepted Michelle's request to go through her computer or her emails. So things escalate on July 13th when Diaz, remember, she calls the police again because she's telling them all about these men from Craigslist that are coming. And she calls to, uh, to report a strange man outside of her condo and the Anaheim police department, they find a 17 year old male there. And he said, I'm just responding to this Craigslist ad 17. I don't know what they did with him, but he's like, yeah, 
He's like, yeah, Go I'm here. Home. She put an ad in the paper that she wants a rape fantasy. Could you it's imagine if that was her time. I know. I know. Oh. I know. And so this is when, you know, the Anaheim Police Department felt like, you know, uh, that Michelle was a true danger and that that is what led to her second arrest, right? With all of right. those chargers. Um, so Michelle's father told anyone that would listen that he firmly believed, you know, Angela um, herself and Ian were behind this harassment. He like was calling everyone he could, telling all the media. He was just like, this is not my daughter. Um, and they believed Michelle and Michelle's family believed that it was because Ian was a marshal and had all these connections and the fact that he had all the passwords to all of her accounts and emails because when oh, they yeah. were when they were together that was one of his requirements he needed to know everything right he does not need to know anything. Exactly. And Michelle and uh, Michelle's father were also convinced that the police were just super quick to buy into this whole scorned woman, vengeful ex and that Ian and Michelle or Ian and Angela were painting her as. So it was almost like the perfect storm of all of these things going against Michelle is what Michelle's you know, dad and Michelle were trying to say, and no one took her seriously when Michelle kept claiming, I am being set up. I'm the victim. I am being framed. Um, so it was extremely difficult for Michelle and for her family. And it was like kind of this thing where nobody really knew the truth, but everybody was siding with Angela. Um, and even in 2016, when pressed by the media, prosecutors even said that they stood by their initial charges on Michelle because they felt that the police investigation of Michelle and the accusations against her were very thorough, even though they, they like even look at her. They, yes, they weren't listen. They weren't even like digging really deep. Like, um, how is that? Th like, yeah. So it's apparently it's not just the LAPD that no. can go fuck themselves. Um, Anaheim PD. And actually, this is really funny. Um, I got yelled at by an Anaheim police department officer one time because I was being too rowdy in an outdoor mall. Oh, you seem like the rowdy type, Crystal. <laughs> I can see you putting up a, a big, a big scene. Um, someone, though, was a little suspicious. And when they started looking closely at all of this, someone in the DA's office at best, they felt like the evidence that they had against Michelle was not very, it was sloppy and it was not checked into very, uh -huh. very well. So when Hadley was released after her 88 days on October 7th, as the investigation continued, she was finally, you know, brought in to kind of ask her some of these big questions and she's, this is when the DA finally started working with her and her attorney to prove her innocence. Oh, good. Um, now, had the Anaheim Police Department done their job from the very beginning and just looked a little harder 
into these emails that Angela claimed she was receiving, they could figure out very quickly that all of the emails, all of them could be traced not only back to Angela and the computers that she was using at the condo, uh. but also Angela's cell phone and also various computers at Angela's father's house. Who has time for this? <laughs> Apparently, Angela does. I mean, I'm I'm going to say this anytime we ever talk about a stalking case. Uh-huh. Who has the time for this? Angela. <laughs> uh. Okay, um, Angela. Also, if they go back and look at the pictures that they took of the rape scene and the evidence at the rape scene and did just a little bit more in-depth police investigation, they could see that obviously the whole thing was fake. Angela faked her injuries. She faked the blood on the wall. She faked all of it. Um, surveillance camera footage had they checked that in the area which they then checked later revealed that there was nobody around Angela's condo that night at all shouldn't that be like the first Ex thing you check but this is what I'm thinking they're like oh this chick is really scared her husband is a US marshal they're on the up and up Right. So, I mean, not even like this woman's husband is a U.S. Marshal. We need to get her justice. Check those cameras so we can identify everyone who is around this apartment. Yeah, but they didn't. They didn't. Of it course was they only, didn't. It was only until all of this was coming out, too, that Ian, Mr. Douche Canoe Ian, was finally realizing how crazy Angela was. And around the end of September in 2016, Ian Diaz finally went to the Anaheim police detectives that were assigned to the case. And he sat down with them and he was kind of like, uh, so yeah, I think Angela's a little crazy. And <laughs> I think she did all of this. Excuse <laughs> so, me. No. Yes. No. Yes. And I think that you, Ian, are an asshole and you helped her. And, uh, I wouldn't give Ian that much credit because when they're like, oh, what finally what finally made you caught on to this? And he was like, oh, well, you know how Angela um, told you guys that she had a miscarriage in the spring of 2016 because she was so stressed out about everything Michelle was doing. Um, Wait, when, when did this happen? Yeah. So in 2016, in the spring of 2016, when she was complaining of all of this harassment by Michelle, she claimed that she had had a miscarriage. Okay. When in fact, Ian... The pregnancy didn't exist. No, it existed. Ian encouraged her to have an abortion. Oh my God. Because he wasn't sure who had fathered the baby. Oh my God. So, but wait, it doesn't stop there. You're Her not next, convincing me that Ian had nothing to do with this. <laughs> well, then she claimed she got pregnant again with twins 
which she had brought sonogram photos, bought sonogram photos online and doctored a home pregnancy test to fool him about it. Uh, that he realized that wasn't happening and that was a lie too. So when uh, Mr. Asshat figured that out, they finally separated. <laughs> so he was kind of like, oh, hold on. I think he went along with the first uh, miscarriage uh, story because he was probably like, oh yeah, well, like that probably sounds good for our cause, for our case. But then I don't even think he believed the first miscarriage because then she faked another pregnancy with twins. Well, no, because the, the first miscarriage, he encouraged her to get an abortion. So, yeah, he encouraged her to get an abortion. So he just, he's going with the miscarriage story to save face. Yeah. I think... I think that he absolutely was helping Angela this entire time with all of this. He saw the ship sinking and he booked it. Well, and you would hope that if that was the case, um, then maybe they would look more into him, right? You know they won't. No, because why? Why? Because he's a U.S. Marshal. Exactly. So once they decide to do a little more uh, thorough job after Ian throws her under the bus, they eventually discovered that um, Angela has been a liar for her basically for basically her whole life. She's faked tons of checks, tons of jobs, <laughs> tons of doctor's notes, doctor's and notes. she also faked cancer. Oh, yes, because why not? Right. Um, And by the way, this is what we were talking about. After Ian exposed his wife and threw her under the bus, he was never questioned again at all. He just gave this information about Angela and that was it. His part was over. So when they when Anaheim PD finally figured out they had the wrong person Angela was finally arrested on January 6, 2017. It actually took another three months for them to publicly exonerate Michelle. This whole time when Michelle was released, um, she was wearing an ankle bracelet. Because remember, she was released from jail. And they kept her up on everything. They're like, listen, we know... We know it's Angela and not you. You just have to bear with us for a little bit. Did they um, have to? Did she have to play along so Angela yes. didn't know they were onto her? Yes, she couldn't even talk to media. She couldn't oh. talk to friends and family who this whole time were thinking that Michelle obviously went crazy. Like, and did they give her like a big fat compensation check? That's in the works, I think. I think her defamation suit or her civil suit is in the works right now. It should be. It should be. Uh, But it took them three months to publicly say something about it. And it wasn't because they're like, okay, now we can say something about it. Michelle was done. She was like, I we need to like she was putting the pressure on she's like this is affecting my life this is affecting my ability to get a job Uh this is affecting everything we need to do this right now so on october 17th 2017 angela crazy pants mcgee pleaded guilty to 10 felony charges including false imprisonment and perjury 
Um, but she was able to make a deal with prosecutors no. and she will only be serving five no. years in prison. Yes. Five years. Crazy Michelle pants. was <laughs> facing life. Yes. <laughs> and Angela Little Bitch Diaz. Yeah. Five, five years. years. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Five years. She Living is, like a princess. Exactly. Telling her lies in prison, I'm sure. Um, she's serving time at the McFarland Female Community uh, Reentry Facility in Central California currently. Um, as far as Ian... I hear he is still a U.S. Marshal and still dumb, probably. Um, I mean, you can't an asshole. dumb. No, uh-uh. Michelle actually went on to get her MBA, and she works in marketing for a beauty company, which is just right up her alley. Um, it, though it was super hard for her to get that to get a job in the first place. Oh, I bet. Considering everything she went through, she actually moved away from California, and she currently lives in New York City with her sister. Which I don't blame her. She wanted to get away from everything. Um, the past is really uh, hard for her to kind of deal with, as far as professionally when you know they look into her or even on dates so she just tells the story first thing when she meets somebody just to get it out of the way right she just kind of is like this is what happened to me I just you know before because if you google her name I mean right like it it all comes up and yeah we're we're living in a society where basically we we talk to someone for five minutes on Tinder and we're Googling them. Exactly. And obviously at the end of all of this, her and her family, they're still in a lot of debt. You know, the trial, all that money. She never saw a penny of the sale of the condo. Ian sold the condo while she was, um, while, yeah, I think it was while she was in jail that second time or shortly after she was released and she never saw a penny from that. He sold it after he separated from Angela. And obviously now, you know, Michelle and her family, they really have a different opinion about law enforcement, which I do not blame them at all. I don't either. I mean, I would have a different view of law enforcement after dating Ian. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, And you know, There was an article I was reading about Michelle and she was, you know, they were talking to her about Angela and Angela being in prison and asking her if that was justice. And she's like, you know, I don't really think of that as justice. Uh, She said there was just a lot going on in just everything that happened to her that just really changed her outlook on a lot of things, on who's supposed to protect who, who can do what to who, and really just who people are in general. And um, she has rebuilt her life, obviously, but I also found out that when she was serving time in jail before she was released that second time, she became close with a cellmate of hers, Mm -hmm. and she actually convinced her parents to uh, pay for a defense team for her cellmate because she felt like her cellmate 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 really needed the help and so they helped out her cellmate too that's really sweet isn't that so sweet so i think 
all in all, Michelle has always been a really nice person. I think she got caught up with definitely the wrong guy. Yeah. Um, as has happened to most of us. But overall, she's moved on with her life and she's a little skeptical of others now, but she's been able to uh, kind of rebuild, which I am glad for because that was hell that she went through. Absolutely. Yeah. And props to me, nobody died in this case. I usually do like, you know, someone usually dies. No one died here, you guys. (laughs) Well, people always think like I love when like I talk to my friends and family about this. Like, why are you so into murder? No, it's the fascination about the psychology about it. And it's just like why people do what they do. Right, like, no one no one just, beca- like, one day wakes... Angela didn't just wake up one day and decide to fake cancer. So no. what happened to her? What experiences does she have that led her from probably a smiling, happy little girl to d- sending herself crazy emails? <laughs> and faking twin pregnancies. I... I don't know. I sometimes feel that sometimes people are wired to do that. And the, the whole nature versus nurture thing. Uh, no, we've t- we talked about that before, I think, with uh, Marcus Wesson and somebody else. We talked about that. I don't know. I think everybody has it in them to do horrible, horrible things. But the line where you cross it and actually do that, I think it's because you are either strongly wired for it more than others, or there's something that happens in your life to kind of tip you over that crossing point. Do you know what I'm saying? I think we all have the potential to do it. Okay. Right? We just, we just need that There has that to trigger. be something, that trigger. Yes. And some of us might never, ever see this trigger. No. Uh uh. And there's probably people, and we know because we've, you know, read enough about other killers that the way they're brought up and in their life is so horrible that there's like, of course they went that way, you know? But I don't know. That's what the fascinating part to me is what makes somebody cross that line? Especially with something like murder. Yeah. How do you even do that? Like Christy Sheets. She wasn't, that wasn't, it's not like she was brought up in a horrible circumstance. She had this grandfather she loved. Right. And she loved her daughters and then she kills them. And yes, mental health and everything is a part of that too. But Well, actually, what I was thinking of was, um, I think we talked about it on uh, the beginning of our episode last week, but that whole thing in uh, Pennsylvania with the neighbors and the snow. Yes. Yeah. That's what I think of, that this, this neighbor, he, he probably... Finally had it. it. I mean, from the sound of it, it sounds like his neighbors were shoving him closer and closer to that line every day. Yeah. And he just happened to cross it that day. Yeah. 
But it's like how many opportunities did someone else have or did these neighbors have to just not be shitty neighbors to not shove him over that line? I think there's, yeah, it's like a perfect storm. All of these things have to align perfectly. And I don't. I don't want to make it sound like no one is responsible for their own actions uh-uh, because no. everyone is. Mm-hmm. But there are internal and external factors to all of these things. And and morals that you have. It's, yeah, it's not 100% external or 100% uh-uh. internal. It's some kind of mix. And the mix is different for everyone. But the fact of the matter is people go over that line at some point. Oh, yeah, Definitely. Anyway, that is the crazy case of, did you like what I did there? I said, Angela Diaz, stalked er. I didn't see that. <laughs> That's the title of my Google Doc. Stalked, and then in parentheses, er. <laughs> Absolutely stalker. <laughs> so she was crazy pants. And, and there you go. Was crazy, yeah. Yeah. I can't believe it. I I can't believe Ian's getting away with what he's getting away with. Absolutely. So uh, alert to anyone who's dating Ian Diaz. That's what um, I'm thinking. I want to know what poor girl is next. He's manipulating now. Exactly. He doesn't sound. And I hope that he has trouble dating. Um, I hope so too. But I also hope that you live an okay life, Ian. I know you're a U.S. Marshal. Go after <laughs> Crystal, not me. <laughs> oh, what? I I think he's I think I think he's an upstanding gentleman. <laughs> Do you hear that static? That clicking on the phone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you, Do you hear someone? Oh, Ian Diaz. Oh, he's great. Yes. If my FBI agent is watching me through my webcam, (laughs) he's an okay dude. Like, (laughs) I want (laughs) to. If I am suddenly on the no fly list, I am going to be really (laughs) pissed. (laughs) I have international travel plans. (laughs) When the pandemic is over, I'm out of (laughs) here. Oh man. But uh, all right. Um all right. just a quick reminder, everybody, don't forget to go and enter our giveaway. We're really excited to share things with you. I'm so excited. Like about that. our posts because yes, she needs she needs all the happy chemicals in her brain. And what happens is then I yell at my husband and then he blows up Crystal's phone with notifications. <laughs> I like did you like did you like did you like the new one have you liked the other one did you did you like it on TikTok did you what are you doing what are you doing he's like I'm at work and I'm like okay (laughs) but it takes two seconds tap it (laughs) tap it please (laughs) I need to feel something today (laughs) oh my god so yeah um if you guys want to go and follow us or like our posts uh, we are I would on appreciate Instagram. It. <laughs> it would it would make me really happy, please. <laughs> we are on Instagram at Alternative Interest Podcast. 
We are on TikTok at Alternative Interests. We're on Facebook at Alternative Interests Podcast. I have not fixed YouTube yet because, <laughs> to be honest, I got a lot going on. <laughs> but we're all over. We're all over. We're all over. Um, and then uh, send us an email because I like corresponding with people in this time of social distancing. Our email is alternativeinterestpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Uh, I don't like interacting with people, so just you can talk to Crystal. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> oh, my God. Pat's gone. She stopped her recording, but I'm still here because... I feel like the very end of this episode was that, like, the guest that won't leave your house. So, so she just ushered y'all right out the door. And I'm in the window saying, I'm sorry that my partner is rude. I will see you next week. Goodbye. (laughs)